This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, I'm here with... My only friends is the line. Where's my shaker? Somebody stole it. You're I got mine. I can't believe bro didn't cook like that. With your only friends. <laughs> he got it right on Friday. Wait, we got one extra friend today. Guys, I'm sorry. Hey, Andre. I'm sorry. I was throwing off. I was throwing off for a minute. We, no one cares, Conrad. Somebody stole my maraca. Good. Mm, I think Good. it was Hugo. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, yeah. I Hugo. did notice the place was nice and clean today. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's my true. God. What's popping, Andre? Look hey, at nobody. you. <laughs> Look, where are you? Wait a minute. I Wait a minute. I am so fucking exhausted. We just finished Triton. What time uh, is an it hour there? Ago? Something like that. What time it's is it in Vietnam? 2.20 a.m. 2.20 a.m. And you're up for us. Is Damn, he trying to weasel his way back into our good graces he is. like he's, this? He's coming back to the States. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go. Excuse me. Papa had to pay the bills, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, uh. You know, you're not putting enough now. You're not putting out enough content, Landon. The people. Hey, I watched see a more. bunch of uh, Triton events. They were uh, very well run. They yeah, were yeah, you guys did a great yeah. job. Mm-hmm. They were busting. No, no cap, no cap. They were good. For real, for real. Yeah, I mean, they're the best. <laughs> they're definitely the best. It's great to hear uh, Henry's to be part of the beautiful team. voice again. But guys, I am happy to be coming home. I haven't been home since January 23rd. Jeez, that's like so long ago. Yeah. It's like last year, basically. Back in the winter. Does that mean you're going to be back in for regularly scheduled podcasts? Yes, I will be back in for regularly. I'm actually going to be editing with Guapo. Mm. So it'll be great. Wow. So I it have... sounds like you're, return- you're coming home. I'm home Maybe. to your roots. Maybe. We've missed you. you know? Now that I know, you know our podcast is an award winning, I have to show my face for yeah. like... You know, at least a month, and then I trail down. You know, mm-hmm. and then I re- rinse and repeat as soon as we get another award. It's a good thing you show your face for the first month because then we have a chance to, you know, win again for the next eleven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. What are you trying to say? Well, I was that Andre is the lifeblood of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm, that wasn't what I took away from that's the not, That's not what I said. No, no, no. That was the exact opposite. It was, get, it was get Andre out of the way first, and then we can shine. Yeah. That's what he was trying to say. But it was just a joke. I love my Malaysian ankle biter. <laughs> well, at least that's, I took you know, it like a positive. That's fucking racist. What is that? Yeah. And I'm going to call Prahlad on you. Don't, don't call Prahlad, please. Please, for the love of God. Prog- Nobody call. We need some progress around here. <laughs> Nobody Conrad. call Mr. P. <laughs> I mean, you to be fair, he also hates... racism like me. To be fair, Prahlad also hates Ra- or Asian people, so... It's, it's, <laughs> did you uh, say Raisin? Ra- I did say Raisin. Um, <laughs> is it just fighting back? I, I think he would. I think he would welcome you in. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, know why you guys do it, man. He has to welcome Conrad so he can fit his quota. <laughs> right? Yeah, you gotta check enough boxes. I mean, yeah. you can always just do what Jamie does and follow less white people. Oh, that, that is true. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I mean, I tried that. I only followed ninety people. It wasn't good enough. Don't look good, cause that ratio. 
You know that whole thing when you talk about it, you didn't follow Ivy? I have no idea what this man was talking about. <laughs> I, yo, I figured it out. I have no clue. Yo, I literally figured it out like a day later. I was like, wait, this whole thing started because was, you don't follow Ivy. Look, look, here, all right, so here, here's the whole backstory to this. Uh, or I don't even know if there is a backstory. But there really isn't. I was in a thread. I was tagged in a thread that was going on for like two days that somehow resulted in Phil Gelfond of all people getting called a racist. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to sit on the sidelines. This is, you know, uh, every I'm, time I'm, you think you're up, like, I'm like, you back I'm like, you know, I'm sorry it's happening to Phil, but it's, it's, it's kind of nice to watch, a, watch the world burn a little bit <laughs> and just not, not be the one holding the kerosene can. Right. For once. I, I, finally, it's not you. Right. And then, uh, I show up to Friday live at the bike and they're like, okay, we're playing nine handed quarter 50 today. And I was like, motherfucker, I got a tweet. <laughs> I was like, I'm fucking bored. <laughs> so I hop in there and all I said was, why am I catching strays? I don't even know why I'm in this thread. <laughs> and Prahlad just immediately goes, you're racist. Yeah. <laughs> you think there's no racism in poker because Phil Ivy exists. I'm like, who said that? <laughs> like, where did he come up with that I have shit? No fucking clue. Literally. Literally no clue. And then at that point, it's just like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to spend the day trolling Prahlad. <laughs> yeah. So he keeps saying, like, you don't follow your black coworker. And I was like, I fucking do. I literally fucking do. Yeah. I'm sorry for that. Not that one. And he goes, not that one. I'm like, first of all. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> first of all, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> Second of all, like, how many other black coworkers do I have? Finally, I realized he's talking about Christian. Apparently not enough. Apparently not enough. I, I mean, who knows? But uh, eventually I realized he's talking about Christian, which I'm like, he's Dominican. And he's like, you think Dominicans aren't black? I'm like, I don't think anything, man. I just let people live their lives. They want to be purple. They can be purple. They want to be Dominican. They can be Dominican. I don't care. I don't care about all these labels. I don't. You're the one putting an onus on all this stuff. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it was frustrating to me because it was just like, he kept talking to you like, he knew you and Christian so well. I was just like, he's like, never I, mentioned. I had, right. I had to respond. I was like, you know that like all of us, Christian, Berkey, uh, Conrad, all of us have, have had these conversations before. We've, of course. We've had these specific conversations uh, to, with Christian about his heritage and, every, of course. and how he and so, identifies. And, and like anyone who knows Christian knows yeah. that he is a very proud Spanish man. Exactly. Very, very proud yes. of that heritage. As he should be. Right, but but even if he's not, right, he's you know whatever his ethnicity is mixed in some regard. Where the fuck does Prahlad get off telling him how he's supposed to identify? <laughs> I don't know. I and then know. I'm just so then obviously now know. I'm just like playing the game of like okay, let's see how ridiculous this guy's sentiments can be. And I was like, I was like, how dare you? How dare you misidentify his ethnicity and race, sir? That would be like <coughs> walking up to somebody and misidentifying their gender. And he just loses it. <laughs> all, all I know is uh, someone called me neon white and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Talk about catching strays. He's like, you got a tortoise on the show? You got a neon oh, white man? <laughs> I didn't need that, okay? <laughs> Hey, hey, it worked because he wore pants today. That's true. <laughs> Wait, yeah, why are you wearing the blanket? Yeah, you wore pants. I know. You don't need the blanket. I think he just likes the blanket. Irony. 
irony. It's a comforting <laughs> comfort blanket. We literally <laughs> though have every single race on this podcast. No, 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 like. no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, Prahlad made it. Prahlad made it abundantly clear that Jewish people and Asian people do not count, and that there is much a part of the problem is the white man. Okay. Well, so, we have a Mexican. Yeah, that's, that's true. That is true. But you guys pay him in tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Um, yeah, what I find so fascinating is, okay, I, I didn't really know that Prahlad was still around. He's and not. to me, okay. He's doing TikTok videos trying to, to catch Prahlad. crumbs off his fucking crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, cue that, cue that video, <laughs> Guac. Please. Don't do oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no, stop. Do <laughs> <laughs> we have the video cued? No, no, we don't. Well, no, you no, can no, find it pretty goddamn quickly. So, <laughs> so look, I know Melissa posts it in our chat all the freaking time. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if this is what you guys feel about Prahlad. But when I think of him, I think Jamie Gold was the biggest villain. And somehow there was a bigger villain where I wanted Jamie Gold to win in, in you know, back in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And that's how I remember him. As. Wait, why? And Wait, now why? he. Huh? Why? I, I just remember his hands, and Prahlad was like a bigger dick than than Jamie Gold. I, I don't understand what the correlation between Jamie Gold and Prahlad is. No, what he was saying, they, they played the they same stuff all the time. Yeah, he was saying no, that like. Oh. What are you talking about? Just let Andre cook, bro. I just don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure In the main either. event, it was I like mean, the big thing. They made him the big villain. Oh, they made they made. Well, Jamie Gold, the villain, and he's saying he was that, the villain. The only thing that right. was notable about Prahlad in the main event was Antigate, where, yeah, by the way, that. how goddamn racist, the only Italian-American at the table, he just goes after him for not posting an ante that Jeff Lee Lissandro yeah. did, in fact, post. Yep. All, us, I mean, all this, we can trace this racism criminals. all the way back to the beginning yeah. of time with Prahlad. <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what's even happening here? Poker so? is fun for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> tries to tries to appropriate African American culture by becoming a rapper. I mean, like th this is just getting beyond absurd. You know, I, I uh, honestly don't know why you guys do it, but it is funny to watch. At one point, line. honestly, at one point in time, I was I was definitely like uh, of of the mindset of like, okay, we should all tread lightly on these conversations and, and things like that. But like this this just went so far overboard. Like when Christian got dragged into it, it's like. All right, at some point, the ridiculousness of all this has to be brought to the surface, right? Like, we should all be able to speak openly about social problems, political problems, and the like without some cancel culture just, like, seeping its way in. And the fact is that when it, if you were to poll everyone in that thread, we all vote the same. Every fucking right, one of us yeah. believes in the exact same <laughs> right. social issues. Right. We all believe in the same injustices that exist. We all believe in the same, or at least comparable corrective action. We all believe that the same people are disenfranchised. Like, we all recognize the problem. The only difference is, is that Prahlad's putting the rest of the thread to a purity test, where if you don't somehow, you know, uh, uh, atone for your sins... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I, I, what do you mean? I, you already got us demonetized. Chicken down. What is he gonna turn for that? Bro, you already got us demonetized. Let's see the fucking TikTok. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Who takes this guy seriously? Come on. You really played the pube crump hump. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is what happens, man. You start shit, we end shit. Yeah. This is the way it goes. This is fucking. I unreal. truly don't understand why you guys deal with this. Welcome to our unhinged it's, podcast. It's funny, man. <laughs> it's just literally funny at this point. It, it it's comical for so many reasons, but like the main reason for me is like you clearly have something better to do with your time. But not on Friday, I didn't. <laughs> I, it was so no, much I fun. No, I meant collectively, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. In general, yeah. I agree. I'd, I'd much prefer to sit these out, but like on Friday. I was so bored and it was so great because I didn't have my phone on me because I'm playing in a stream game. So we have to like put it in the sequester box. So once an hour, I would just get up and I'd read this dumpster fire of a thread and then I'd say something and disappear like Homer into the bushes again. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So what kills fun. me is like, um, I, I agree, Burke. Like everybody for the most part agrees. Sure we might say something or do something from time to time. Or if you search back 15 years ago, sure. We're not as uh, we're, we're a lot more ignorant than we are now, but there are very clear people that do much like overtly evil injustices. And they're just silent on those. And it's just amazing what they choose to be vocal with and what they're, like well, literally the, airtight. The the irony of it all is that uh this became very popular based off of the success of like Trump and his uh his strategy to getting elected. TikTok mm -hmm. dances? No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, this like divisive <laughs> uh social media tactic where instead of trying to persuade the the opposition, you instead try to persuade the fringe mm -hmm. by basically threatening their uh, you know social safety in in public vectors in the sense of if you don't conform and become radicalized then you'll be canceled just like the opposition so rather than attempting to cancel the people that are truly bad like rather than going after david duke we're just gonna let that be you know mm -hmm. these people are evil they're just gonna rest uh, yeah. aside instead we're gonna find people that like are a little bit leaning center and we're going to say, hey, if you don't come radical left, then we're going to fucking cancel you. Yeah. And we're just going to... He literally called everybody in the thread the radical right. Yeah. Not yeah. one of us has yeah. voted Republican right. Right. ever. He's like, he's, like, he's like, all I'm doing is arguing with these, these crazy extreme right-wingers. I'm like, that's, that's the thing, though. You're right. If, if you are not as far on the left as you possibly can be, then you're a right-winger. Correct. It's like, wait, wait, what? Like, you huh? know you missed the mark when yeah. Mattisau is laughing. Like I, yeah, <laughs> right. It's crazy. I mean, I uh, it's, it's just beyond entertaining to me, but... Mm -hmm. uh, it's entertaining for, like... Just the reasons that it's just a really sick troll. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's, what's entertaining to me is pointing out the hypocrisy of it all. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, uh, listen, I'm all for... If, if you want to identify as an alien and uh, that's how you'd like me to address you, I'm happy to. Just, you know, let me know up front. Wear a name tag that says uh, I, I identify as an alien. I'm happy to do that. So when it comes to like uh, personal liberties and things like that, I don't want to infringe on anybody. But I find it to be hilarious the way these purity tests come up where it's like, uh, if you don't use this language, then you're canceled. If you do use this language, then you're canceled. Like all of this type of stuff. But then Perla just out of the blue is like, you know, uh, your coworker is black. And it's like, well, to my knowledge, he's not. Uh, he's Spanish. 
And it's like, no, 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 he doesn't get to be Spanish because that doesn't fulfill the narrative that I'm trying to, to pursue here. So he's black. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, I mean, man? At that point, you just kind of <laughs> drop it, right? It's like, I, I'm done. No, but you don't understand. You don't understand the flip of it in the sense of imagine somebody was looking at a biological woman who's saying, I identify as a man and saying, that's a woman. We would never stand for that. Not in a million years. Right? Not in a million years in this day and age would we ever stand for that. So for him to just like constantly keep drudging up like what, what Christian's heritage is or his lineage all the way back, having no knowledge whatsoever, by the way. None. Right? It's like he has no clue what, what his family tree looks like or anything like that. And just continually saying like, you don't follow your black coworker, which by the way, the only reason I unfollowed him is because I didn't want to get inundated with fucking hustler ads <laughs> <That's> <laughs> on fair. the daily. That's fair. And yeah. I think that's completely reasonable. I don't yeah. follow Vertucci for the same fucking reason. And honestly, I would see fewer ads if I followed Vertucci. <laughs> so, so it's just like, hey, man, you know, some of us are on this fucking little bird app for entertainment purposes. And yes, you're fulfilling that for me today, but <laughs> it's probably the, also the reason you don't follow Ivy because he literally only posts promos. Bro, I don't follow anybody. You don't follow anybody, like, right? That's true. What the fuck? Sure. You Why follow do I, 90 people. I don't yeah. follow Dora Brunson either. My fucking the opposite of racist now? <laughs> no, you're oldest. Yeah, ages. Ages. Like, what are we talking about? He's trying to fight that he's getting older by not following people older than him. That's that's precisely what it is. How yeah. dare you, sir? It's just uh, slow down your growth. I, I just I just find it all to be hilarious. It's it's really the hypocrisy that I find so much entertainment in. That's fair. Yeah, that's but actually it, very fair. It I understand. Up turning into like a, an actual real problem that we have in this country. Though. No, like you know hundred I mean? percent. Right, like yeah, it is entertaining, but then like this is like, you know, how, how are we ever going to solve? problems that we have if this is the way we we go about it yeah more I, tiktok dances obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> we need we need a, we need a tortoise tiktok we uh, see, no we do not need get, that. Let, him, let him get the let him get the pom pom no mm. but we can we can have you do some cook. sick edits of like brisket and stuff you know mm. what like, we oops. should no yeah. what we need to do guapa this is your mission for the night oh, no. uh got you it. need to take no, that, he's got another mission already. you need to take that tiktok and you need to create five variations of things that he's actually popping off of his crotch into <laughs> his mouth <laughs> Will do. That's the fucking gold that we're missing right now. Oh my god! Please no. <laughs> so what else is going on, Burke? Oh man! All right, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, before we get into the rest of today's show, uh, I want to give you a little bit of um, uh, a look ahead to what we have coming on uh, up this week. Uh, so tomorrow, as always, we'll be joined by Jeff Platt and Brent Hanks. We are going to be uh, talking a lot of March Madness. We're going to fill out some brackets, uh, you know, get the, get the pools going for the NCAAs. So that'll be a good time. Wednesday is Strat Chat Wednesday, as always. Well, as usually, always. Uh, not that consistent, but uh, we're going to work on it for this Wednesday. Thursday, we're going to be joined by uh, Lex Valhaus. Uh, Feldhaus. Veldhaus. Yeah, Feldhaus. An OG of the game, uh, the you know one of if not the biggest streamer in uh, all of online um, poker at the moment. So he is going to be gracious enough to join us despite the time delay. Amazing. Uh, and then Friday we're gonna have uh, Caitlin and Nikki back to do a little St. Patty's Day, little March Madness kind of fun type of show. Uh, Nikki has a game in the works. 
She, she described it to me, and I just said immediately, Landon and Conrad are drawing dead. Yo. <laughs> oh, it's some pop fucking yeah, bullshit. Yeah, it's like pop culture stuff. Listen, I was like, they're dead. They, listen, they're just absolutely useless. There is um, a 1K bracket Jake Schwartz and Ryan Reese do every year. Ooh. And we should, we should get do in one it. As, the, as a collective We group. only have mm-hmm. um, until Thursday morning. We, we have to do it Wednesday. Okay. The right. latest. Okay. Um, well, it's like 160K to first last year. Yeah, it's sick. Jeez. We okay, so we should figure out how we want to do it because obviously it's good content to do on air, but but we can't we can't it. just like divulge our picks on air because then our bracket becomes we fucking ha- worthless. We would have to film it and then just edit it on, or we could just do it Friday. Oh, we just put our picks in and then do yeah, the- or fr- like or Monday we but, could do it Monday. Uh, yeah, whatever. Well, no, we, 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 we do we it Thursday because do- it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because after the first game tips off, it doesn't matter. Right, right. That's okay, like yeah. Thursday, 9 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, we could do it uh, before or after, Lex. All right, cool. Yeah, that could be good. Okay, yeah, let's plan on doing that. That'll oh. be fun. So we, we'll all put one, like, our brains We'll all collectively together. put our brains together and pick it Next two days. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it sounds fun. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get Brent and Jeff on it. Yeah. 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 Dope. Uh, and then finally, uh, we have a new On Second Thought out today. I think we have a little bit of a preview for that. If you want to go to Hookwap. Poker is hard, specifically when battling at depths that we haven't spent a ton of time examining. It's very easy to have the right theoretical concepts in mind when making a play, but execute a little bit poorly on the mechanical side of things. Today we're going to look at a spot that was played to near perfection by both myself and Michael from the principled side of theory, but we were far removed from equilibrium with regard to the sizings that we applied. I want to continue with a smaller bet now and then depending what he does I'll get the opportunity to bet again on the river. Depending on the run out I'll probably go for a large bet if he just calls the turn. Let's take a look at how these sizing errors can potentially morph our strategies and ultimately lose or exchange EV. Caught me. <laughs> Caught my ass. Yep. Um, <laughs> tweeting to Prahlad. If you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you guys want to check out the entire episode of On Second Thought or all of season eight of Poker Out Loud, uh, head over to Solve4Y at sorry Solve4Y dot io. Uh, go ahead and check that out. We also have two academies that still are yet to fill. Uh, we have a couple seats left for the Poker Out Loud Academy, which is April 15th to the 19th. Uh, that's going to be a four-day final Poker Out Loud Academy for the year. So if you guys are interested in uh, doing the training where you speak your thoughts out loud in real time, similar to what we do for the Poker Out Loud product, go ahead and sign up for that. Head to academy.solferwide.io or hit hashtag academy in the chat. Uh, second way, secondarily, we're doing an MTT Academy. Uh, that's going to be May 24th to the 27th. Matt Hunt is going to be leading that. Each day, you guys will uh, go through the strategy for the particular stage of the tournament that that day represents. So day one will be early stages. Day two will be like pre-stages leading up to the bubble. Day three will be like post-bubble play. And day four will be final table. And then you will play that phase of the tournament out in the gameplay. Uh, through a sort of simulation that we've created. If you guys are interested in that, head to academy.solvefory.io and click on the banner up top. It has the MTT Academy attached to it. Uh, somebody said get Prahlad and Poker Karen on. I think Poker Karen's gone. It's kind of weird to see uh, 
a lot of these non accounts that <clears throat> kind of came in and created a big riff, <laughs> and, and then just, just like mm -hmm. vanish. GG. Efro yeah. wants to know how many episodes do I need to watch in a row to get in order to get my tournament academy discount code. <laughs> <laughs> We got you, Efro. Mm -hmm. We got you. If you if you want a little discount code, go ahead and slide in those DMs on uh, on Twitter. I, I got I got you a little. He won't follow you though. I won't follow you. I'm sorry. No, you won't. I follow you, Efro. Uh, I, I'm gonna unfollow everybody today. Actually, <laughs> you should. No, I legitimately am. That's the Taylor Swift. Uh, the Taylor Swift. Um, uh, I'm gonna follow. Plan. I'm Lots gonna follow Ivy and Ivy alone. You should. That would Fuck be, you. That would be great. One hundred percent of black people. <laughs> Let him, let him cook. Let me fucking cook. Come get some. <laughs> um, hold on. I have to send one last asset to Guapo. Conrad, take take over the show. Let's oh, go. yeah. No problem. No problem. So what is popping, everybody? What are we doing today? What are we doing? Uh, I'm sure you should be playing the $400 event somewhere Tomorrow. today. Tomorrow. Well, at the win? At the win. All right. So then you should come down to the Venetian today. Nope. Can't today. What do you mean? I got, listen, somebody's got to run this business, man. I got You're a professional, man. You can bring, up. I got it. Look know, at that laptop you have. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You take it with you, you mm -hmm. put it on your no, lap, and no, you do no, what no, you no, have no. to do. I, I'm not, the, the, I'm not the, this multitasking kind of person. I, I focus on one thing, and I do it right. right. right? If I'm going to play poker, God. I do that. If I'm going to do the business, He's right. I do that. He's right. We got work to do. Yeah. We definitely have work <laughs> to do. Uh, I've been slacking too. And that actually brings me to, I woke up today and chose violence. <laughs> okay. This, you, you woke up every day and chose nah, violence. Today I, was, today I was in a real violent mood. Like it was, it was kind of the culmination of how uh, exhausting that thread became on Friday mixed with the fact that like I've been playing a lot more, which I know inherently means that I'm, I'm neglecting uh, things with the company. So we're here now. I decided today that I'm going to do a modified 75 hard challenge beginning today. This also has to do with the fact that I ate a bunch of cupcakes yesterday. <laughs> Andy's fucking wedding reception or, or whatever we want to call it. Big shout out to Zeus and Lauren, mm -hmm. by the way. Congratulations. Right. Congratulations. Shout out, Zeus. They've been, they've been together for, you know, 13 years or something like that. I have two kids. They finally tied the knot. We're, mm -hmm. we're proud of you yeah. guys. Making oh, this week a modern thought, way it was to do last it. week. I thought it was this week. <laughs> Yeah, Landon got the date wrong. He heard it was next Sunday. Ah, uh, it's all right. Un unlucky, unlucky. Yeah. Um, but decided that uh, I want to start cutting anyway. So this is a good time to just start making sweeping change. And uh, I did really well on the 75 hard challenge to begin with, which is funny because uh, when you look at the prereqs, it's just mostly my day-to-day -day anyway. Mm. But when you actually have to uh, kind of check in on all of them, you don't get the slip. Right. And it's really easy to just like slip on one of the things like not drinking enough water for the day. Eh, who cares? I'll drink more water tomorrow. Right. Or uh, missing that second workout. Eh, whatever. I'll get in a second workout tomorrow. Like once you start kind of not checking all the boxes, you're 18% instead of 14%. And that matters. Maybe not to you. You got a wife. But it matters to me. Matters, young Landon. Matters a lot to me. We're out here on these fucking streets, mm -hmm. man, and we're trying to get to single digits. Let's not single uh, digits. Uh, uh, if I could be nine percent tomorrow, I would spend all of my time trying to do so. But you can't. Get I, I truly don't think genetically I could, um, but I could be wrong. Hey, get the I very 12. well could be wrong. But yeah, 12, 12 is the goal. No, Christian, he said get some semi glutide. No, that, listen. <laughs> Relax, Lynn. I think All you right. should take some Ozempic. Uh, that that's semi-glutide. It doesn't do it doesn't do what you think it does. Like 
go chin go, go your side no no, no. <laughs> go I, I encourage everybody who is considering semi-glutide as uh as a weight loss mechanism if you're if you're not overweight is i encourage everybody is? Yeah. yeah i encourage everybody to uh go listen to peter atia's uh conversations on it or read the article that he wrote uh basically if you are muscular and you're just trying to get leaner this isn't the way it's definitely not the way um any of in any event with regards to me doing this modified 75 hard lynn you're welcome to join me i, I love to I, see you man bro i do this shit already i know you do i want to like, be fun to just check you didn't boxes hear what he just said yeah i don't need to check boxes i check boxes by living my day-to-day mm. this guy i have a good mm. how's that I, course coming along yeah look that's the one box that hasn't been checked <laughs> all right bro or we put that on the put, fucking list put that in there yeah you put it on the fucking mm-hmm. list Yep. All right, so uh, Guap, you want to pull up the 75 hard normal challenge real quick to give the people an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, so it's 75 days in a row. You do two 45-minute workouts minimum. Uh, one workout must be outside. You follow a strict diet, take a progress pick every day, drink one gallon of water, no alcohol or cheat meals, and then finally read 10 pages. So mine is modified a bit. Um, instead of reading 10 pages, I want to listen to 10 minutes of audiobook. I just learn better this way. And I find it to be uh, a, a lot more informative and, you know, just beneficial as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big fan of reading, I guess, in general. Um, I want to count the sauna as a workout just for, if nothing else, time reasons, but also because you are stressing your body. And uh, if I'm going to spend 45 minutes to an hour in the hot box, uh, I don't want to have to plan two more workouts that day. Um, and I'll almost certainly put it in, uh, coordination with like walking the dogs or something like that where I'm outside. Well, okay. What what do you want to you actually if you actually want to do this mm-hmm. and I'll do it. What do you want to do based off of like failure? Oh, something hard. Okay, go on. Mm. Like like run a Spartan. Mm. That's what you would that's what you would gamble? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, like loser has to run the Spartan. Or something to that effect. Loser as in if you fuck up once or fuck up more than the other person? Mm, we could negotiate that, I guess. You, that's, what you want, that's what you want to do. I, no, I don't want to do it. That's the well, point. I mean, Spartan, <laughs> no, I mean, like a Spartan run is just like... It's like... It depends. It's, it's somewhere between like a quarter marathon and a half marathon, depending on which one you run. But and it's, it's a an lot, op- right? It's an obstacle course. That sounds awful. Where do you do that? They just have places <laughs> for it, I guess? They just There's have- always a couple in Vegas a year. Okay. Um, whichever one it is, we would, I, I would refuse to do the one where there's an electrical shock. <laughs> they so have there's one, one where you have to like crawl through a mud pit and they have these dangling wires that like will literally shock you, which I'm, I'm not a fucking masochist. Like, I'm not into that. I am- I, it doesn't have to be a Spartan. We can think of something like very physically daunting in that regard. Okay. I'm Ultra in. marathon. I will. Under, I'm in, miles. but we get to make our own. Yeah, we have to call up Goggins and train for him. Train with him for <laughs> for four weeks for a we for get, an ultra. <laughs> we get to make our own rules, like which are mutually agreed upon. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm in. Yeah, and these are mine. Um, sure. I need to eat 225 grams of protein a day minimum, and if I can go over, but not under, uh, 2400 calories maximum, um, and I'm gonna likely try to eat at a deficit of that. And then I need to write one published piece per week. So this is... Call a blog post. Call a Twitter thread. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's mostly going to be uh, whatever. I need to talk to Brian about it. But like, there's, a, there's a lot that we're missing when it comes to like email marketing and shit like that. And some of it is just stems from me writing more, uh, mm-hmm. which would be important. 
Um, and then finally, I want to limit my Instagram and Twitter interactions to uh, one daily use. So the reason I, it's not completely cut out is just for business reasons. Like I need Twitter to create the podcast every day. Uh, and I need to be able to like uh, retweet certain things from the only friends account and stuff like that. But basically I'm going to give the window of uh, pre-production to end of pod that I can use social media each day. Okay. Starts today ends May 24th. So, you know, five days prior to the first event at the world series, I'm going to be ripped and ready, ready to roll. fucking win a goddamn bracelet. Oh, you're out there going to fire a bunch of tournaments. Huh? Well, I'm going to play 10 probably. <laughs> Get second in two. Yep. Probably Re final table four. Remember sounds, last week when he said summer. that he wasn't going to play a single tournament? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's just remember that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Wait, how many did you play last year? Like 10? No. No, a lot. I played a lot. Last I played year. like played more than 20. you expected. Oh. No, he, it was less than I expected. When I was trying also, to get bracelet bet down, I was trying to play like yeah. 55. Yeah, no, but you still, I mean, you also still played some online ones will, too. I will take the over on 10. I mean, it's another year, another year gone. You're another year more washed. <laughs> you think you'll find a bracelet bet this year? Not well, I don't know. I mean, that is kind of the thing. Like every year that passes that I don't win a bracelet, it becomes less and less important for me to win a bracelet. <laughs> right? Like you win a bracelet on year twenty six. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> I feel yeah. like man, my window's closed, man. Yeah, man. Like when I was grinding the World Series, it would have been so important to win a bracelet in two thousand thirteen. And I had three cracks at it. I think mm -hmm. it just depends on which one, you know? You win the main that that well, one's important. Well, the main is important for a totally different reason. <laughs> yeah. Matt, is this, is this your progress pick after the Oh, yeah. Hard? So uh, you have to post a pick every day. This is my first one. Oh, wow. Th this Dude, is you were jacked, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dude, that is... That is insane. That's a man that was on some trembolone acetate. Wow. That honestly goals, Guapo. Fucking goals, buddy. There you go. There's my there boy. God damn. Is. Yo, you looked different. <laughs> Yo, you you look can look like, like that too with one healthy injection every day. You look like a cartel member. <laughs> That's what you look like. So, great. what cartel were you part of? Uh, I can't really talk about it, Connie. Uh, all right. <laughs> you still got any hookups? Man, El Guapo. Damn. Man, he, he and I have this conversation. He and I have this conversation every day pre-production. We always talk about... And whether or not he went to EOS, whether or not he went to the win, mm -hmm. whether or not he's going to get back on a cycle, you yeah. know, these are all... He went all... to the gym, he didn't go to the win. Yeah, he goes to the gym, doesn't go win, mm -hmm. but when he starts going to the gym and going to the win, he'll be in a good place. All right, Guapo, yeah. I, I, need to, I need to ask, and uh, I only mean this slightly meanly. Oh, no. What the fuck happened? Listen, you, 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 <laughs> Where did Andre go, by the way? Uh, he's over... He's, Guapo uh, ate him. He's still there. He's oh, hey, Andre. Guapo... <laughs> Andre, wait, hold up. Before before Guapo answers, uh, are you in on this bet? Uh, it's going to be tough because I'm going to be traveling a lot again. God, you're so such a I, bitch. I need to adjust it, but I need to. I'll figure out some sort of parameters, and yeah, I'm in. I mean, I travel a lot too. You got to do shit on the road. I know, but you know, I'll be gone for like a month. You know? Okay, they have gyms there. Yeah, but it's <laughs> sixteen hour days. All right. Well, I'll tell you Mark, what, he's buddy. He's never going to let you have an excuse. He's just going to just he'll just refute it. Yeah, because no he's fucking, right. Yeah, there you're are no right, excuses. Man. Wake yeah. up and you have a purpose. Just make it happen. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you this: if if you get involved, I'm willing to make the wager of if one of us fails, we'll do BJJ. Hmm. All right. 
No, no. I, I don't want to get shrimped on by Andre. <laughs> Honestly, combat sports don't don't. They, I don't like them. <laughs> like, I don't like them. Well, I don't mind. Like I, I would very much be happy to like train to box or even kickbox. But like when you start to get into the submissive uh, type of sports, like BJJ, mm-hmm. I hate everything about it. Like I'm the type of person where if I'm in a pool and you're splashing me in the face, I freak out. And last thing I wanted somebody's fucking armor Over on my on neck. neck. Yeah. Like, am I going to tap out before I pass out? Yeah. And like, the, <laughs> these are the things like, uh, I, I don't know. Cause obviously yeah. I assume like, as you start to train more, you, you train yourself to not tap. Right. So it's like when it comes to like getting choked or, uh, Some people like that or like arm barred or like whatever, like I don't want to break bones and I don't want to, I'm too old for this shit. I don't want to go to the hospital because of, uh, this stupid thing. Right. But, you, you've, uh, you've, exceeded your pride well, all the yeah. intelligent people that i i i like follow uh, closely Andre, set him set him straight on his uh, assumptions here i mean it just depends if you're in like a competition gym or you know a recreational gym and i think once you like i heard the recreational you know, ones are worse his fears uh, and <laughs> one of the the number one goals you have is tap early right there's no there's no ego in tapping um Seems you like only break stuff or you only pass out when you have an ego and you don't want to lose. And just yeah. like, you know, you're just training and trying to work out, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, jujitsu burns like a thousand calories an hour. It's one of the most effective ways to, to get fit. So I don't know if that's, that doesn't exactly line. If you're burning that many calories, you're burning muscle for sure. Yeah. But that's not good. That's why, the, that's why this, this sport is riddled with people with PEDs. Like everybody does PEDs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm only even slightly open to it because it seems like every single intelligent person that I follow, uh, has tried it and loved it. Or I should say every intelligent competitive person, like whether it's, uh, Huberman or Jocko or, uh, Lex Friedman. I mean, Joe Rogan might be a little less on the intellect side, but like, you know, he's a big proponent of it too. It seems like they're all super into it. Am I yes. going to get ringworm? Yes. Yes, that's You'll disgusting. probably get staph infection, actually. Yeah, that's good that's enough the- for me never to go. Okay, <laughs> I, I definitely won't fail the 75 hard challenge then. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, what is ringworm? It's a, it's a bacteria, is that right? That you, so. you pick up from right. mats. Uh, well, if they're it dirty. Ta- yeah, yeah it, takes, it takes like a, a, a ring. It literally looks like a ring that puffs out and looks like a worm mm. um but it's like a bacterial infection you don't want to just clean it that doesn't work that way man wrestlers like are notorious for getting them mm. just kind of you know I just kind of happens what are you gonna do uh, you're gonna get wrestle. ringworm is yeah, what you're, you're, just, gonna do. you're just gonna get ringworm that's man. what you're gonna do you're just gonna get ringworm <laughs> um all right let's 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 get to the to the main topic of conversation uh, as many of you who are not living under a rock probably heard, the Silicon Valley Bank has gone under, I suppose, is the way to, to discuss it. Belly up. Yeah, belly up. BU. <laughs> you saw be- We're all belly up once, <laughs> once or twice in our careers. Um, yeah. But to catch everybody up on uh, what exactly happened, the Silicon Valley Bank is, uh, it was a top 20 bank. I don't know if nationwide or worldwide, but it was like considered one of the majors uh, 
or I guess major minors, if you will, mid majors, yeah. mid majors. Yeah, so it, gets, go it gets a GPI like for mid major bank of the year. Yeah, yeah. mid major bank of the year. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not one of the top four like um, Goldman Sachs or, or JP Morgan or anything like that, but you know, it was considered a top twenty bank. So the idea would be that you could put a lot of trust into it. Uh, it mostly took on VC dollars as well as uh startup money so uh it was a mix between people who were investing in tech and the actual tech companies themselves uh they had somewhere in the neighborhood of 195 billion on the books in debt and about 208 billion on the books in assets so they were actually solvent um however they were largely illiquid due to the fact that, you know, just the natural state of banking in and of itself is you take in all these deposits and then you make that money work for you uh, and then, you know, pass on minimal to none of that benefit to your consumers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the traditional financial system. Welcome to money. Right. Welcome to America, baby. <laughs> Yay, money. Uh, so they were plus about 13 billion on the books, but about 91 billion of that of the uh, 208 billion, so roughly 40% of their entire solvency was put into a hold to maturity security. And the issues with these are they're 10 year securities, so they basically could not be touched. That's like 40% of their liquidity that's just, you know, completely gone. Frozen. Frozen in time, essentially. And even worse, uh, they invested it during a major bull market where. They only got like 1.3% returns. 1.56. Okay, 1.56. Which since then, now money is a lot more expensive to lend and borrow. Rates were zero when they they got in. Right. And now uh, that those same uh, hold to maturity securities are yielding somewhere in the neighborhood of like five to five and a half percent. So they're essentially losing like 25% uh just on these securities alone compared to if they were to invest them today good no i'm just trying to process traditional banking systems it's 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 semi-complex but not really no it's, it just sounds like you take your money and then try to make money with yeah, it's it. just kind of inmates mm-hmm. running the asylum to yeah. be quite honest isn't that kind of what fdx did fdx TX? well they weren't solvent they, they leveraged solvent. money yeah they, <laughs> they, over, leveraged, they massively right. over leveraged right yeah right yeah, yeah. a little worse right actually a lot worse right a significantly worse. worse yes they took on much more risk <laughs> yeah well now this bank has they are like effectively in the black but they just don't have the money on them right so they'll That's, get you next time i can relate <laughs> lies the liquidity problem so what happens now okay so um well let me let me further break this down a little bit so they did have they they weren't totally illiquid right they had about 14 billion cash on hand which represented mm, about seven percent of their overall debt uh and then they had another 26 billion that was available for sale securities so they could basically liquidate these at any time and take a small loss. Mm-hmm. And what happened is, as we, you know, moved into a, a financial winter, so to speak, and hit a big bear market last year, they got they 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 began to slow way down on depositors. So you know, the tech industry was hit pretty hard. The startup industry was hit pretty hard. Fewer and fewer people were banking with them, and by proxy of that, they were getting a lesser influx of of cash. So now. 
all of a sudden, all of this locked up money and securities became a bigger and bigger chunk of their overall uh, solvency, right? So sometime, I guess, last month, I think, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline, but sometime in recent history, they recognized that their deposits were slowing down so rapidly that if a certain percentage of their consumers needed liquidity uh, quickly, which was easy to anticipate that that might be the case more so now than ever due to the, to the nature of the market, uh, they weren't going to be able to have it. And it was going to create a run on the bank. So what they did was they liquidated the $26 billion, uh, available for sale securities. But the issue is they're a public traded company. So this has to be you know, basically public. They can't right. just do this, right? Yeah. So they have to tell you what's going on. So they basically announced that they were liquidating $26 billion of securities. And they took a $2 billion loss Correct. on they, that liquidation. Right, so they're losing 10% on that liquidation, right? Uh, when that happened, people panicked. They said, oh no. Ah, panic. Well, uh, rightfully so. They no, said, they oh no, they don't have our fucking money. Yeah, they're, look, they're, taking, they're taking a $2 billion loss. They must really need this money. Right. Right. So total now they have about $40 billion liquid, which is roughly 20% of their overall debt sheet. So if 20% of their consumers showed up to the doors the next day and said, we need our money, they were fine. But if more than that showed up and said, hey, we need our money, they they're fucked. It. Right. So now this leads into last week where, uh, or I guess like last Wednesday, Thursday, shit started to hit the fan. Um, mm -hmm. More and more people were basically requesting funds because they, they saw that, or they, they kind of like saw the writing on the wall and the way the bank run works is if you ain't first, you're last. Right. You know, uh, if you've ever seen It's a Wonderful Life, uh, barring them being the George Bailey who's pulling money out of their own pocket to say like, what do you need to hold you over until we make this right kind of thing? It's, it's just not going to work. Uh, luckily, they had the weekend to sort this out and the government then stepped in, specifically the FDIC, and said, okay, we'll be the George Bailey here. And they, they uh, assured every penny of depositors' funds. So usually the FDIC only insures up to 250K. They basically took off that cap and said, if you bank with SVB or what was the other one in New York? Signature, Signature Bank, yeah. Uh, your funds are guaranteed. So they guaranteed the funds on uh, both of these banks uh, fully. And um, I guess what you need to understand is that this doesn't bail them out as banks. As far as I understand, they are still an underwater type of uh, entity. Like, I, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to continue to bank, I guess, is the point that I'm getting at. Um, I think yeah, assets of... need to be liquidated. And uh, if anything is going to continue, they have to be bought out by another company. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So maybe you'll see one of the majors come in and purchase them yeah. cheap uh, or work with the government. Um, yeah, I, I, I was perusing through this Washington Post article earlier today that was kind of giving a quick rundown of, of what it was. Um and it seems as though both of those banks are still fucked. Uh, big picture anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, in the near term, it's thwarted any fear of uh, there being a run on these particular banks in general. But I don't necessarily know that it's going to prevent uh, a lot of the other smaller banks nationwide from facing the same problems. That's, that's the real fear, is it? As a nationwide run on these small banks. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And that's bad for everybody because mm-hmm. the last thing that you want is a monopoly when it comes to this financial system, which is already so rigged against uh, the consumer. You don't really want just only... I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, let's be clear. J.P. Morgan and, and the like, they're all running the show anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, these small banks just kind of exist. But at least we don't get bent over quite as hard when they exist. If they all cease to exist, then we're really at the mercy of the richest men in America. Mm-hmm. Not good. Is not good. Crypto's pumping. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. yeah. So it's, well, I think. 24,000. Yeah, it's crazy because like, so like everyone was like worried about the markets and what they were going to do. And I mean, who knows what the future is going to hold. But you I, do. like, no, I wish I did. I'd be a very rich man. Um, but like, it looked like now, you know how they say the Fed is just going to raise rates till something breaks mm-hmm. and then something broke. Right. And so now they think, okay, they're going to stop raising rates and they're even in a couple months to start cutting rates. So what do the markets do? They, they pump. But when that, when yeah. they get that kind of news. But who knows, in a week, it'd be completely different. You know what they say, the greatest feeling in the world is the pump. <laughs> mm-hmm. They do say that. Yep, they do. We laid you off the hook, Guapo. What happened? Man. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to let me slide. How young were you there? It's 27. Oh, wow. So 20 years happened. Yeah. Yeah, 37, 47. Yeah, 18 yeah. years. Yeah. Honestly, dude, I just, I was working at the strip club. I was getting all these bro science guys giving me nutrients, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, three or four months go by. I stopped taking my special medicine. And you don't lift as much. You don't look as good. And I think I just got lazy. So after you stopped cycling, was yeah. it a pretty quick decline? Um, I want to say I noticed it like within a month. Yeah. I want to say I started it within Because Liver within King is more shredded than ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he? He claims he's, he's like 60 days clean. Oh, okay. We should believe him. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just laziness more than anything else. Yeah. Less motivation to, to kind of get out there. Oh, well, yeah. And I started seeing somebody and I just mm. got comfortable. So, yeah. But now yeah. bro is back. Yeah. You Here's back? what's weird. Okay. So like last, last year, I, um, I got Guapo to agree to do a... I think 30 day, 30 day keto challenge. Yeah. Um, he shrunk from like 180 something to one, almost one fifties. Wow. And I lost like this was during December and, um, like Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. So I obviously like he came over, I had apple pies and blueberry pies. He didn't touch anything and he got absolutely like leaned out and shredded. And then since then, he's just been getting empanadas for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the empanada uh, emperor. That's right. He, he, uh, I'm trying to draw a parallel here to SVP. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. It's too much. Um, <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> it's just too much of a I reach. think what happened was uh, the bro science sauce had a bank run, you know? Mm, yeah. Everybody wanted all the sauce, so he couldn't get the sauce anymore. That's yes. right. That's gotta, what we're going to go with. Got to get the sauce. Yeah. You know what they say? They say the juice is temporary, but the sauce lasts forever. Okay. 
How long? <laughs> how long does orange juice last in your fridge versus Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce? Mm. <laughs> I have no answer to that. That's what, that's what I'm saying. What in the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're talking about a small bank that takes on investment. Investment. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. Bro, let the uh, bank let the bank cook. Maybe they got to figure it out. I will say, so never let bank cook again. <laughs> so I got I got a lot of the information from watching the All In podcast. Uh, I, I think those guys are great, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they spent a fair amount of time talking about um, if, if you go back to that uh, balance sheet summary graphic. That, that's where these graphics come from, by the way. Uh, is the All In podcast. Um, but if you go back to that uh, balance sheet summary, the seventy-four billion in loans that they they hold as uh, you know basically being a part of their uh, solvency, uh, they spend a lot of time talking about who those loans are out to and uh, what the confidence is of them. And it seems as though the vast majority of them are out to venture capital, and obviously in this particular market like they expect to see significantly less returns because essentially the way venture capital loans work is that they're underwritten based off of uh, a commitment that the that the founder or venture capitalist uh kind of agrees to that they'll continually pump in more liquidity into the venture in order to prevent it from failing but it's just, you know, it's it's like a handshake deal. Mm-hmm. There's nothing holding them to that. Yeah. So as more and more tech companies fail, more and more of these loans are going to default. So what they were basically speculating is that despite the fact that, you know, banks traditionally have done pretty well on these loans, yielding about 18% whenever it's all netted out after the failures and, and the paybacks, um, in spite of that, uh, they haven't seen like a real bad market since 08 and they were kind of speculating at least Shamath was that they could see a lot of these loans come into default which would take them from being solvent to insolvent very quickly yeah for so sure basically, 74 billion so basically this could just happen again well uh, I, I'm really unclear as far as what the resolution is once the government steps in um, yeah is it like but possibly government- even if they get bought out they're whoever buys them out still buying out this debt yeah right so if if you know let's say like let's say 30 percent of these loans default uh now all of a sudden you're seeing 21 billion go from what they have to what they owe yeah. <laughs> essentially right so um you know right now they're in like a 13 billion dollar surplus but if call it 21 billion of it defaults over some period of time and they're already losing money on these hold to maturity uh securities mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they're going to be both illiquid and insolvent which i don't know how they recover from that how could you how could you financially i, I mean well I, <laughs> you're well, not the, gonna be able the, to recover from the, this the simple answer would be they would be like goldman that owns them and they just right. pump in a bunch it's, of money because exactly. they have trillions yeah. but right. uh you know they'd be taking an l on it right. so there, there would have to be some some pretty significant high side mm-hmm. for uh, one of those companies to come in and buy them out, I would think. Yeah. Unless the government just bails them out. They, yeah. It doesn't look like they want to do that, and they said they're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. And whatever the solution is, it seems, sounds like uh, it's going to take a lot of time, right? 
And a lot of these companies that rely on that bank are probably going to not make payroll, right? I was reading a lot of stories. No, no, no. That that has has absolutely been confirmed that they that's will. been taken care of for sure the yes. government stepped fdic stepped in and said 100 percent of depositors funds will be uh credited right okay immediately yes, yes. as of today oh okay. okay which is important because like people like stripe uh bank with them and like you know what i mean like it could have affected us right yeah just because we do payment processing through mm -hmm. uh some of these companies and whatnot right damn but yeah it's uh I don't like being an adult, man. I, I, miss being in, I miss being in my 20s when I would hear people older than me talking about this going and just thinking to myself, like, who fucking cares? Yeah. I, <laughs> well, now you're one of those I'm people that like, care. So yeah, like, I have money now. I was broke in my 20s. <laughs> I'm kind of confused. So, like, let's say the government steps in and um, fixes this right now, right? They get bought out by somebody else. That company would then have to, like, like, what would be the positive upside for that company to buy them if they're going to have to pump so much money in it to it if they have these loans that are going to default? Well, they don't necessarily have to put... Like, these these loans aren't guaranteed to default. But and they don't necessarily... But the, the obvious high side is that they're $13 billion in surplus right now. Yeah. Okay. So if they bought them out at face and just immediately accrue that surplus, that's a good thing. Also, I'm not sure how those... Uh, bring to maturity securities work like I don't know if there's any ability to uh, sell them uh, to like a third party or if there's any ability to renegotiate the terms or anything on those there probably isn't because I assume that that would have been explored yeah. but uh, who knows like once a, a bigger entity like uh, a Goldman or JP Morgan gets their hands on these types of things yeah. Um, Interesting. yeah I mean you know it's it's big business people moving big pieces that uh kind of affects it, it's wild to think about right at the end of the day that there are just individuals that have kind of streamlined the process of business so efficiently that they got to the absolute mountaintop of it and when they move pieces it affects it affects the, the entire nation system. yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's wild and it's that's what too big to fail is yeah. right i mean that's 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 like the problem right is like when People at the top do some shady shit, and or or they just do something they that benefits them. Then it just trickles down to everyone else. Yeah. The. Uh... Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's parallels to this in poker too. Uh, it's a much, much, much smaller community, so we can see it happening a lot easier. But like when you look at the operators, they are those people moving those big pieces. Right. If if you're talking about the tours, WSOP, WPT. If you're talking about the online operators, GG, Party, uh, Stars, etc. Uh, what they do, the policies that they uh, that they execute and that they impart upon the community really affect us community wide. Right. Like uh, we have some influence because it's such a small space that um, people with a mic can potentially sway consumers one way or the other. Whereas, like, that just doesn't really happen in banking, you know? Yeah. We, we can't get out here and be like, yo, don't bank with small <laughs> banks anymore. And then right. people just be like, yeah, everybody go get your money. It is kind of crazy, like, the amount of influence that could potentially be had for, like, many, many dollars when mm -hmm. it comes to, like, operators and sites. But, like, having the ability to make some small change where in most places with that much money, there's, like, absolutely no say from anyone other than the people that right. are involved. Right, right. I think a good example is like the Ali Jake stuff. Like we could never do anything to keep them from playing 
but uh like not on an individual level but like it, with with enough pushback we were able to get operators to see our side you know mm -hmm. and that that seems relatively important they also have a lot more information like they have the actual proof right where we just have speculation and uh hearsay um all right let's wrap on uh one final piece that i thought was an interesting thread uh lexo poker tweeted that euro pros who come in packs are killing american public games and i know this is a sentiment that bart hansen's echoed time and time and time again um and it's one that i've pushed back on a couple of times just because uh I think that the profile that people are painting the Euro Pro as doesn't stop at being European. <laughs> it extends out to basically anybody who is a professional that kind of like learned the game strictly through playing online, where uh, the game is fast, you're able to get in max, like massive amounts of volume, and uh, it's a more equitable environment in the sense that you don't need to uh you don't need to navigate social norms or social uh, uh i don't collateral or, or sorry social capital uh in order to ensure that games are good games are profitable right like you just show up you sit you win you leave you game select you do all these things because there's options there's variety there's uh, a ton of volume to be able to put in and the majority of online poker is also driven by mtts which is just by its nature fairly equitable um, so I feel like people who come from that realm, uh, put a heightened sense of importance on the mechanics of being a professional bankroll management, um, time management, hourly, der uh, deriving their EV in ways that, uh, the live player may seem as, or, or view as selfish, right? So I think that like Europeans have always gotten a pretty bad rap because it's like, well, they don't really have live poker in much of Europe and they're all just like coming up together in the online realm, battling in really tough games uh, with lower win rates at higher volume. And in America, there's a subset of people that fit that profile too. There's a lot of guys that I think are, you know, very similar to this that mostly play on, you know, American facing sites call it WSOP, maybe a little bit ACR, whatever that uh i think are like miserable for live games tons of guys in jersey that fit this profile <laughs> yeah, wow. relax bro Damn, it's, it's true straight after jersey fucking, huh Damn. those shots fine well the only shared <laughs> the only shared liquidity pool is jersey and nevada yeah. and people who live in nevada play live i mean it's just kind of that simple there are very few people in nevada that like just strictly play online um I don't know if that's true. There's some. Yeah, There's not a lot. CC yeah. Corey Paget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he just plays tournaments. Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, I guess to be fair, this is mostly true uh, on the East Coast too. But like, yeah. I, I, I mean, the stigma of Euro Pro is a little bit much. I would say it's just like people that aren't great for the game when it comes to the social dynamic, and that doesn't always have to be quote unquote Euro Pros. Like, I have many friends that. Are, are from Europe that play cash games that are fun and good people for a game, but they're also good at poker. It's like mm -hmm. brag on having friends. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's all I have these days. It's kind of bad. But, you know, bank runs really got me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, swaps. Uh, uh, yeah, my swaps have been dry swaps for a bit. Swaps are the top, man. Yeah. <laughs> Need more friends. <laughs> yeah. Need more friends. 
Yeah, I mean, like, in my experience, uh, and granted, I'm playing in, like, cherry-picked lineups, but even a guy like Ozzy Al is a great example. Like, he doesn't give anything up when it comes to uh, EV, right? But he also doesn't do any of the shitty things that are so easy to point out. Like, he doesn't play slow. He doesn't jump seats. I mean, granted, in the games we play, you can't. But I trust that he wouldn't anyway, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't berate people. He doesn't do any of the 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 socially obvious things that are good for him and bad for the game, right? So I understand where Lex is coming from, I guess, in the sense of calling out the shit reg, so to speak, but it's not the Euro pro. No, it's just like the not fun having type of, well, like the not fun breeding type of it's mentality. It's not even that. It's just, it's, it's the guy who's eking out a tiny fucking hourly. It's always the guy who's eking out a tiny hourly that's trying to remain in the system for as long as he possibly can well, and live that that time frame that you can last with a low hourly is so much longer than it would be online because if you're winning one big blind per hundred online the rake will just get you very quickly right because you're pumping out volume the rake will get you the game will evolve you'll get passed up and you'll go from winning one blind to losing a blind and like you'll just go broke pretty quickly uh, but live, it's so fucking slow. It's so slow to evolve. The strategy is so slow to catch up. And more importantly, just like the hands being dealt to you are so slow. And you'll have like enough good spots where you either sun run or there was a whale that just donated or whatever the case may be that all these little niche edges that you're trying to create for yourself will keep you fucking afloat for too long. Long past where you were actually still winning in the game, Right. And that's what I think Lex is speaking to. And I thought Dylan's response, Dylan DeStefano, uh, I thought he had a really great response to this. Shout out to Wagons. We love you, Wagons. Yeah, shout out to Wagons. He <laughs> said, Euros are not killing the game. People are just getting better at poker. And this guy who complains about high stakes being dead doesn't even play them. Just look at the Bravo where there's 2550 plus at multiple casinos. Games are dying because of shit bum hunting regs who can't compete and cherry pick games and don't add any action because they can't take the variance unlike the Euros. And when Rexed Regs do this bum hunting behavior, they feel like they should do this because that's what the winning players quote-unquote do. So when you want to take a seat and stop doing this quote-unquote bad-for-the-game behavior that you promote uh, to your dying YouTube audience, let me know. All right, that last one was a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have read ahead. <laughs> what I'll say is that's my, my man, bad. I should have read ahead. My, my man, read that loud. Sorry, Lexo. I didn't mean Yeah, my, my man Wagons uh, definitely had like a good response. If I were to say anything, it'd be to like add some spaces between your paragraphs so it's easier to read, you know, copywriting. Yeah, he fucking got me. Yeah, he got you good. Uh, yeah, add out to Dylan, man. They showered him yesterday. And what? They showered him at the um, EBC. Encore Beats Club. <laughs> this motherfucker. Turned his ass away. Yeah, huh? it's his favorite DJ's playing. First off, he thought he got tickets for the nighttime. Mm. He like realized at like two o'clock that it was for the morning. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. And then he's there and he's like, you know, when I got these tickets, got this table, I asked him if I could bring a copy of my ID since I lost it. Mm-hmm. He got there. Showers. Wow. They did him dirty, bro. Wow. So he basically threw a party for all of his friends and wasn't able to attend. I don't even know. If- Hopefully you got, a, you got a refund. I don't know, man. That's some dirty shit, man. I don't man. know. <laughs> I don't know, but I think his points are really, really uh, valid, especially the more that stream games are popping up. It's becoming increasingly obvious that like the people who are willing to just play, no matter what the lineup is, the, the people who don't need to check in with the host and say, like, well, who's playing today? Like, you know, whatever. 
those guys are, are of increasing value. And, you know, Dylan's one of those guys. Jeremiah's one of those guys. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of, like, some of the other young up-and-comers that are, are just, like, willing to throw it on. Like, Venom would be one of those guys. Um, I, I think that they get it, right? Like, they understand. They've played enough live now to understand that the way to build a career and last in this arena is not to... Tell everybody that you're a trust fund baby and that you've never studied and that you don't even know how to spell poker. And it's not to, um, it's also not to be in the public games and just like never fucking straddle and jump seats on the whale and, you know, cherry pick the games and quit the second that uh, the stronger reg to your left doubles up. Man, the fucking amount of fake non pro pro mentality is like rampant these days and like the fake retiring and the, i'm done playing yeah, yeah, yeah. oh there's a stream okay i'm in like i'm back yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got me it's like you can be good at poker and just like have a good time and still get seats yeah i think that's the biggest takeaway here is that like uh people are just getting better right and the issue is that like lex's lex's point is uh a very reasonable one in the sense that it, I think it's that first aha moment of like, fuck, man, games are getting tough. Like, I can't just show up and win anymore. At least not at stakes that like get my blood moving, you know? Um, and I, I worry about that a little bit because I think that um, the, the major separation here between Dylan and Lex is that Dylan can sit any lineup and have a win rate, right? And that allows him to be able to put in volume. I thought the most key point that he pointed out is that the people who are afraid of the Euros or uh, of, you know, uh, people who are displaying this sort of like slower, good, methodical poker strategy type of play at the live game, uh, they, what, they're, what they're ultimately recognizing is that these people can handle the variance, right? They're just here. They're here. They can sit any game. They can have a win rate in any game. And there's nothing that you can do to get them out because they're properly rolled and they're properly skilled to be there. Whereas like all of the hanger-ons that I was speaking about where it's like their win rate is relatively low already and they're never properly rolled for a lot of the stakes that they're playing. Like every time the straddle goes on, they don't have, like they're not, they're not efficiently rolled in these scenarios. Every time the variance increases, they feel that. And that's what immediately says, like, fuck these Euros, man. Get them out of here. Man, here's what I will say from what I've heard. I call it Ear to Streets, like, uh, like Melissa goes and plays at the win a lot. Mm. All I've heard of games have been absolutely fucking amazing yeah. for what it's worth. Poker, poker's alive and well. Yeah, bro. so, like, I don't really know what's going on with the whole killing the game, not killing the game. It sounds like no matter where you go, if you're trying to play low-stakes poker, you definitely can still win. Is it a little bit tougher to win? Maybe. But it's definitely nothing's dying. Like, nothing's dead. No. It's not impossible to have a high win rate at 2.5 or 5.10, right? And maybe is, it, is there less win rate to go around, which means you need to be better at poker? Sure. Right. But the games are better now be than the they were in 2019. I have no idea. Maybe. I would have no idea. Probably. Tournaments certainly are. Tournaments definitely. Tour right, tournaments yeah. definitely are. Um, yeah. 2019 was pretty good. High stakes was a lot, a lot healthier in 2019, I think. Bitcoin, yeah, maybe. Bitcoin was Bitcoin might not have been worth more, but we had more of it. Yeah. Collectively. Right. Uh, 
<laughs> so it was worth more. Yeah. yeah. We uh, being you. Yeah. No, we being no, like no. the entire community. Yeah, a lot of people bought it at, you know, 3000 and it was at 25000 Okay. Yeah, we hadn't peaked doing yet. Doing well. Yeah, instead, you know, now a lot of us bought it at 50. <laughs> yeah, now it's, 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 it's worth 25. Now we, now we need a hold versus have more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, like, look, low and mid stakes have been healthy for as long as I've been in this game. There, there's never been an issue at the 2.5 and below right. stake level to find games, to find good games, to find profitable games, to be able to win 10 big blinds per hour. Like, that's just always been a thing. If you're the best player in the pool, like you can achieve that win rate pretty easily. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I always find it interesting when these conversations pop up because it does kind of give you a little bit of a finger on the pulse of what it's like out there. And I also think there's a little sense of privilege to whenever you're coming from like a very immature market like Texas, right? It's like, well, they're hitting that five year five, year six mark where the secret's out and those games have been good and action-packed and liquid for a half a decade now and just like florida just like the east coast just like everywhere else before it it's been inundated by pros that are sucking up a lot of the liquidity and eventually the wrecks go elsewhere they either go private or they just stop playing so i i mean you know new markets they move fast like maryland it took like two years for maryland to dry up Maybe three. And that was a pretty... Ma- like, we thought that was going to be a major market given how close in proximity to New York City it was. Right. It was easier to get to Maryland Live than it was to get to the Brigada. Mm-hmm. So everybody was like, okay, this is going to be a booming area. DC is like DC, right around the Baltimore, corner. Yeah, yeah Baltimore is right there. Like, this is pulling from like all these major cities. It took less than two years. And then suddenly, like, those two casinos don't even exist. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Exactly. I mean, they have games, but like, you know, it's... I don't, I don't think they spread 510 every day. I don't even know if they spread 510 on the weekends. I would definitely say that they do. I'm pretty sure. It's a, they have a big room. I'm pretty sure they have a lot of tables running over at Maryland. Live. Sure, but it's all 1225. Maybe. You know, New Orleans got a big room. Yeah, and Real like, cute. or maybe it's, <laughs> it's like 1225, and then there's like a private, like, call it 10 quarter game that might run or whatever. Uh, well, I mean, there is a, there is a private big game that runs uh, a few times a week, but I mean, it's eight people. Yeah, you exactly. Know, it's it's like, not like open. Season. Right. And it's like if those casinos didn't exist, that game would just still run elsewhere. Yeah. Like underground or whatever. But don't they um, make all their money from the 1225? Does that mean they're. Uh, are you just talking about high stakes in particular? Well, the room itself, they don't care about the stakes, right? They make the same amount of money almost regardless of stake. Uh, I, I guess you could argue that like Rake makes slightly more money than time. But my whole point is like, uh, on average, a table is going to make like X amount of dollars per hour. Like let's call it a hundred bucks per hour, something like that. Um, whether they're charging time or taking drop. The only reason they prefer the smaller state games to the larger state games is because the liquidity pool is easily replenished. And so the ecosystem stays healthy. Like it's really hard to break your one, two player pool, right? There will just always be people that can play and almost nobody can beat the rake. Um, whereas like if you're spreading, 50 100 people go broke uh people that would usually play smaller stakes take shots and go broke and like you just start to kind of eviscerate uh some of your weaker players that way so yeah i mean i guess the room prefers small to mid stakes but poker rooms aren't really for profit at the end of the day they're 
they're really a novelty. We should be thankful they exist. It's true, yeah. I mean, like, casinos in general, like, could just do a lot more with that space. And uh, the fact that poker is still so widespread and still so popular coast to coast, in spite of the fact that it's just not a revenue-generating source, is, is really remarkable. And I, I think, like, tournaments are very reflective of this in the sense that, like, I don't know if Brigada is ever going to be a serious tournament house again. You know? It's very costly to them, in spite of the fact that they'll get record numbers over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter if it's not generating much revenue. Right. But they just draw in so much money. The like the hotel sells out. Like, that part, like, right. I, I the agree food, with. Trickle over, right? The food. Everybody that goes to like these tournaments, everybody's at the, the good restaurants at night and stuff like that. Like everything's packed. Right. Like and Borgata was like packed with poker players. Right. It, th- this is like probably the main reason that the. the Poker rooms ex- still exist and like everywhere is because it draws the people in, right? That's 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 the main. I mean, I'm not saying it draws everyone, but it's it's a factor, right? Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Yeah. If you're someone that like works at a poker room, would have more of a detailed analytics on how, right? I have no idea. What fucks things up a little bit is that um, because the the casinos are split up into little villages now, where it's the marketing department and then it's the the um the gaming departments the poker department it's the mm-hmm. um the 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 rooms department whatever it is um they always want to claim the same person right so if numbers go up because mm. you know information isn't freely spread throughout the the communities and i i'm saying this because th- these are some of the problems that we would have not only uh going up to casinos but also just within even peppermill like I remember it was so hard to get rooms because it's like, well, you guys don't generate rooms. And it's like, yes, we do, you know, and we're trying to prove it. And then not everybody uses their cards when they do everything. So it's hard for us to track the people. Yeah. So it's hard for us to, to claim the people that come because yeah, we, we, we say that, okay, this person generates this much money, but um, then they don't, they don't leave campus the whole time, but we know they've been with us the whole time. Right, we, we go out to dinners with them. We we do games with them, etc. So that infighting actually fucks up a lot in casinos. And generally, poker goes by the wayside because I can place a slot machine in that same area or ten slot machines, and they're just going to always make more money. Yeah, they'll always outperform. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. I think those are very good points. Um, and maybe that's to some degree why they. They do still exist because there is a lot of overlap on consumers where it's like, well, this guy's a poker player. It's like, yeah, he's a pit player too. And you know, whatever he's a, he's a high roller here or a whale there or whatever. Um, it, it's complicated, but I, I do worry. I, I definitely worry. It's not exactly the best or the most healthy call it business. Uh, so to speak, as far as longevity goes, right. Um, and, you know, from our side, the consumer side, uh, they can't really pinch us for much more. Right. Right. If they, if they try to increase their bottom line through uh, gouging in any capacity, like we, we just all but disappear. We just get mad too. But yeah, we get mad, of course, but like uh, too, too few of us will be able to co- compete, you know, and you kind of see this in the private games where it's like... The rake just gets so high that games never last. It's so impossible to find a private game that lasts two years. Yeah, you know, the, like at least one. That, yeah, at least one that rakes. 
that's usually the life um the lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with like the app games. Like clubs just don't last two years. It's impossible to bring in enough customers I, the way that their rate goes. Unless they're like low stakes, like big clubs. Yeah. Are, the thing mm-hmm. about the app games is like you can search worldwide. So like it's you have a better chance to keep it going for longer, I think. Yeah, that that part's true. But it, I mean, how networked are how tapped in are you worldwide? Give Mr. Worldwide. Yo, Mr. Worldwide's Conrad Simpson. If I wanted to start an app game, I would be very tapped in worldwide in to a start, year. In one year. Yeah, to start. But I'm saying that's a really difficult business to uh, perpetuate over time. <laughs> and you just gain so much you gain so much free money out of the gate that like there's no desire to. It's almost like uh, well, free money would be the desire, right? Well, it's like depreciating. <laughs> yeah, but it's like depreciating assets, right? Like if you can just grab, call it three million, in the first eighteen months, mm-hmm. and then your expectation, if you really hustle fucking hard to bring in, like your your churn might be close to a hundred percent every quarter, yeah. right? So if if you start with call it a hundred players and know that by Q two you need another hundred players. And by the end of the year, you would have had to have recruited 400 players. After you get that first 3 million, knowing what's up ahead, where you're still facing like 100% churn, you might just say like, okay, this is depreciating at this point. The amount of time that I have to put in to continually try to recruit or to recruit 100 people every three months, it just isn't worth it. Like eventually I'm going to hit a cap. Yeah, it'd be risk reward of hiring somebody to help. Well, it's, it's just more <laughs> so that the first 100 people that you recruit will be coming from a larger pool yeah, than no, the last hundred, yeah. right? So every single person that you recruit now shrinks the pool of people that you can recruit from overall. And eventually, like, it just has to dry up. Yeah, I agree. It's just inevitable. Uh, but you're right in the sense that, like, obviously the pool's larger in the sense that they don't need to physically be in the location. Mm. That, that part is nice. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? No, nah, I didn't sell off for the Poker Go fucking 10K PLO, so I'm, I'm going to go play the 400 so at the Beeson right now. So shocked. Yo, uh, shout out to the you know 25% I did sell, though. <laughs> shout, 26. Shout out to those. They're all insane. I love you all. Shout out to Lori Ann for winning the uh, Resorts World. Let's go, uh, Lori Daily. <laughs> just got in there and just crushed it. Yo. Yeah. There was another podcast. Trying to claim the run good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, yeah, the no, only no. friends. She was on ours first. The right? only friends yes. podcast Twitter <laughs> account that is managed by somebody this morning. I can't say who it was. Mr. Will what? <laughs> <laughs> Decided, you know, oh. put a little clap out there. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Wait, Andre's here? Yep. Bye, Andre. Don't bite any ankles out in Malaysia. Hey guys, it, I'll be back soon. He's in Vietnam. I'm on the road, uh, yeah. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. So Perfect. In, uh, we'll see you next week. Six hours. Can't <laughs> wait. Yep. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We will be joined tomorrow by Jeff and Brent. We're going to get into March Madness as we spoke about. So be sure to fill out your brackets and uh, let's let's uh, let's all win. Let's win a fucking. Oh, man, let's do it. Let's get it popping, man. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Again, don't forget, new episode of On Second Thought. Head over to solveforwide.io for that. And don't forget that we do have two academies. Head over to academy.solveforwide.io if you want more information on those. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button on your way out. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think 
of the EuroPro situation invading America. We'll be back tomorrow, noon Pacific. As always, we'll see you guys then. Peace. Peace.